You're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the show for moms who are chiropractors. This show will bring you guests to share their stories, their struggles, their experiences, and me, your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton, so that you can create a practice that's right for you and your family. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to the Aligned Women Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton, and we are bringing you a brand new guest interview today with Dr. Shauna Dingman. She's the creator of the Fulfilled Podcast, which is a brand new podcast that she recently launched for moms who want to have a successful business and a happy and healthy home life as well. Dr. Shauna is a wife. She's a mom of three She's been a chiropractor for several years. She's going to tell us more about her experience balancing both motherhood and chiropractic. So you'll definitely want to hear this interview with Dr. Shauna today. Before we get started with the guest interview, I want to just share with you the mission for Aligned Women. In general, my my passion for this project grew out of my oh gosh, awareness that healthcare is really struggling and, and that amongst all of the people that I talk to, we can all agree that healthcare is, healthcare is really in a crisis right now. And the world needs more people who are sharing messages of true health and wellness and helping more people become truly healthy and well. And we as women chiropractors are so well skilled and educated and, and simply just caring and loving for our patients that we are so great at being able to help people improve their health and wellness. But what I was seeing happen and I experienced it myself that when we burn out and we're not practicing because we are struggling to balance motherhood and practice, then we can't really take an active part in improving healthcare in our communities. And so that's just one of the really um, important reasons that Aligned Women came to be because I feel so strongly that we as women chiropractors, we are so primed and ready to help our communities become healthier that the big thing that that holds so many of us back is that we don't know how to balance motherhood and practice, but I believe that there's ways that we can do it. And when we are able to, then we're better able to help the people in our community, whether that means we're helping just 10 people or 200 people, it really doesn't matter. As long as we are happy and healthy ourselves, our families are happy and healthy. And then the people that we serve are happy and healthy. So listen, if you're getting benefit out of listening to this show, or if you really love the mission of Aligned Women, then head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for this podcast. And when you do, you will help get this show seen and heard by more mama chiropractors like you and I, who want to help improve healthcare, but we want to be happy and healthy in our own homes first. Okay. So that being said, Let's jump into the guest interview with Dr. Shauna Dingman today. Hey, everyone. I am here today with a brand new guest to the show. Her name is Dr. Shauna Dingman. Dr. Shauna, hi, and thank you for joining us. Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me. It's great. 
Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your day today to chat with me. This was kind of a spontaneous thing that we decided to do and worked out really quickly. So I appreciate that. And it's actually like really how I like to do things. Like I get an idea and let's just go. All right. So yeah, it's my pleasure. Sometimes the spontaneous works a lot better than trying to plan things out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So I would love for you to share more with the listeners today about you, yourself, your family, and your business. Okay. Well, I'm a chiropractor. Um, I practice in Aurora, Ontario, Canada. My husband and I have a wellness center there called Elevate Chiropractic. I became a chiropractor back in 2000. And at that time, um, when Craig and I graduated from chiropractic college, we had just had our newborn baby. So we, we kind of graduated with Jackson. And when I was pregnant with Jackson in chiropractic college, I did my, um, my certification in pediatrics and pregnancy care. So I did the ICPA fellowship. So once I graduated, I graduated with my chiropractic degree, my FICPA, and a newborn. And we kind of both hit the ground running. I started a practice up in Aurora and Craig ended up starting a practice there about two years later. We ended up practicing kind of down the street from each other, which was kind of funny. Um, the building that I was, <laughs> the building that I was renting was about a year and a half later was going to go up for sale. So they offered us the chance to purchase it. So we purchased the building Craig kind of moved his practice and merged it with mine, and that's when we began practicing together. And at that point, I was pregnant with my second, my daughter, Jenna. And once we started practicing together, I actually took some time off once I had her and actually had a maternity leave and stayed home for a little while and had a third, Cole. And then I uh, came back into practice, and Craig and I practiced together for quite a while. Um, we've since made a move out to the country, so I've scaled down my practice. I've scaled way down, so I, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not full-time anymore. I still love chiropractic, but I do much more of the business side of our practice now, um, moving into the digital marketing side of it and the promotions, and I've just recently started a podcast, which will be launching hopefully in the very near future, hopefully in the next week or two called The Fulfilled Podcast. And it's a podcast that's designed for mothers who are entrepreneurs. Awesome. So most of the moms listening to this show will fit the, um, the audience for your show as well. Yep, for sure. Did you realize how qualified you were when you graduated from school to be taking care of moms and babies? <laughs> No, you know, I think when you graduate from chiropractic college, you don't really know just how much you don't know. Like, you kind of hope that you know enough to make a good go of it in practice, but you don't really know just how much you don't know yet clinically and not just clinically, but in how to deal with people, the people side of it. Um, so no, I didn't appreciate it. Plus, I was a brand new mom. I mean, the last year of chiropractic college was really it was a blur. I mean, I, I remember nursing in the middle of the night and having my radiology books open and trying to get Jackson latched on. And I'm trying to read my note service, reviewing notes, studying. Um, it was just, it really was just a blur. It's a miracle that we kind of made it through. And, uh, you know, Craig and I both did quite well on our board exams, but I had no concept. I think by the time that was all finished of what was lying ahead and what I sort of had in me. Um, and I think that the, the clinical knowledge that you get 
it doesn't even come close to matching the actual experiential practice that you get when you begin dealing with people. But, you know, I had a great experience where, where I opened up. There were midwives who were there who were very, very open to working with chiropractors. And the, they had someone that they were currently working with, but he and his family were actually moving away. They were moving back to Saudi Arabia. So they were looking for someone who was qualified to work with them. And I kind of phoned them up one day and said, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'd really love to meet you. And right away, they were like, awesome. We need somebody. We've been working with Dr. So-and-so and he's moving. So can we refer you people? And I was like, great. So I kind of got hooked in right away with a group of doulas who met regularly. Uh, I got to know these midwives really, really well. And they were very old school midwives. So loved home birthing, um, loved really the natural therapy side of, of what we could offer. And I did a ton of work with them in the first, I don't know, two, three years of practice. It was awesome. The moms that listen to this show seem to fall into two categories. There's the mom who intentionally set out to have a pediatric and prenatal focus in practice. And there's the mom who would like to have that focus in her practice. She Her practice typically looks right now like kind of a combination of all sorts of people because she hasn't had a very clear marketing plan. Mm -hmm. So if you were to look back on your experience in practice and getting started, what, what advice would you offer to the mom who wants to have that prenatal and pregnant, sorry, prenatal and pediatric practice, but is not sure how to really go about building that? Well, I think the first thing that you have to do is own the fact that you're qualified and, and particularly if you've done some kind of certification. So if you don't own that ability, then I would recommend going out and taking an ICPA or an ICA, some kind of certification. It goes a long, long way towards certainty. And when you have certainty, your patients will buy into that. If you don't have certainty, they will know it. They will pick up on it. And you're not going to be able to build a practice. So, uh, you know, for me, I think because not only did I have the certification, I had gone through many, many months and many modules of feeling like I, I from a scholastic standpoint, I had this qualification. But on top of that, because I was also a mother, that just kind of catapulted things. Because to be honest, I practiced on Jackson all the time. Um, I, you know, he, he, not, not to say he was a guinea pig, but I knew what it felt like to hold a newborn in my hands and find their atlas yes. and see, do I need to adjust this baby? And for me, that was the single most important adjustment I've ever delivered was that first newborn atlas adjustment on my firstborn baby. Um, and then obviously with my subsequent two babies, they were checked as well, but Having that, the, the burden of responsibility, holding my own child and knowing everything that I'm feeling in my pinky right now or in my hands, it, it's, I mean, it's just, it's critical. And I think me having gone through that, or if you've gone through that with your own kids, if, you, if you're not palpating your own kids, you got to get their shirts off and you got to start feeling what it feels like. And really, I think that's the best thing you can do is build your certainty. And when you build your certainty, when you begin to lay your hands on kids, start with your own kids, borrow some neighbor kids, borrow some nieces and nephews, but just begin to feel what their spines feel like. 
you will begin to realize, okay, I know what I'm feeling and I know what a subluxation feels like. And then as long as you own the principle of chiropractic, which is that, you know, subluxations left over time eventually lead to dis-ease and then disease and ultimately death, right? If you own that principle, you cannot let a subluxation sit inside a child and, and feel okay with that. Um, and then once you have that certainty, you just begin telling people, I'm a pediatric chiropractor. Mm. I don't know what it's yes. like in, in your state or depending on the province you're in in Canada. In Canada, I'm not allowed to call myself a pediatric specialist. We only have special specialties that our chiropractic college teach, would be radi- which would be radiology, um, orthopedics, and sports, I think. So if I had done a specialty through the through CMCC in those areas, I could call myself a sports chiropractic specialist, for example, because they don't do pediatrics. I can't technically call myself a specialist. So if that's if you can't do that in your state, you can't really say it that way. But what you can say is I have a pediatric focused practice or my focus is on pediatrics or um, I specialize in learning about the pediatric spine, those kinds of things. But uh, I think the way I've always worded it is the focus on our practice is pediatrics and pregnancy or we are a pediatric focused clinic. And you can say those things, I think. It's basically the same in the States, particularly in Missouri. I've lived here my whole life, so I'm not as familiar with other state regulations. I went to chiropractic school in Missouri as well. We can't say that we specialize in a specific technique or condition, but you certainly can talk about it, right? And just as you said, you can say that you focus on it. And patients don't really hear those two things as different things. You know, patients, what they buy is the outcome. Exactly. They want to know what is the result that you can help them with and how many hours you've spent in clinic. I mean, I remember when we were in chiropractic college, I don't know what it was like for you, but so often as students, we'd say, well, where's the research? Where's the research? I could probably count on one hand, if that, the number of times a patient has ever asked me, where's the research? They just want to know that you know what you're doing. And as long as you have certainty then they will, they will buy your hope for them, if you know what I mean. They yes. will buy your sense of certainty. And I think sometimes, especially in the beginning, I, I can tell you honestly, I had to say it before I really believed it. I had to say it over and over again. I have a pediatric-focused practice. And eventually, I kind of woke up one day and realized that more than half of my practice was under the age of 13. <laughs> How awesome is that? You mentioned something that was very important to me because I talk about this often with my clients and with potential clients and with people that reach out to me for help with their practice. And I want more women to hear this. And that was that you said patients don't buy what you do. Essentially, they don't buy chiropractic. They want to know what the results will be. Mm -hmm. Can you solve a problem that they have? Yeah. So how did you explain that to help grow your practice? How did you explain that to patients or bring up conversations with them? I think it just began to flow naturally in, in the, you know, right from the get go when they would phone the office, it shows up in how your chiropractic assistant answers the phone. You know, um, you know, ours would say, um, good morning, elevate chiropractic. This is Karen. I can help you. So right away, we're telling them from the phone call, I can help you. 
Yes. They want to know that. It's all over our website, what we do, what our approach to care is. And then in every interaction, I think it just comes across. So right through the consultation, we're asking them, what's going on? Tell, tell me about what brings you in here. And, it, and sometimes it's kind of like, what really is bringing you here? Because you get people who have had low back pain, for example, or migraines for 30 years. And, and you kind of think, why today? What was it today? And I think getting at the root of that in your consultation is probably the key to them understanding the results that they're buying. Yes. Because so often people come to us and we're kind of a last resort still, right? They've, they've been through the medical system or they've been through a series of different kinds of tests and they've, a lot of times they've had years and years or decades of kind of the this is the best it's going to get. You just kind of have to learn to live with it. But something triggers them to come into your office at that point. And usually it's something that, is, that they're about to be robbed of. It's some kind of function in their daily life that means enough to them that they're, they're willing to say, you know what, I'm willing to do something different today. And that's what we need to be able to get out from them. And then I think what we do is we communicate to them hope. You know, we, we, we realize we live in such a hopeless society these days. Life is so heavy. It's so negative. Um, and especially if they've gone through the medical system, medical doctors are awesome at giving the worst case scenario so that they don't get their butts sued, right? Yes. And so they, they are fed these constant worst case scenarios and they come to believe it. And so when they walk into our office and we say, you know what? I don't believe that that's the plan for your life. I, I think that there is way more in here. And if, you know, if you're still here and you still have a spine, you can still heal. And I want you to know that there is more here for you to offer them that sense of hope. I think that's where the adjustment really begins. And that's the result that you begin to give them. That's the outcome that they want to know. They want to know first and foremost, yes, you can help me. And yes, there's hope. I am not a lost cause. You got something to work with me? Great. I'll show up and we'll see what we can do. Yes. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. As you were talking about your practice, and I heard your practice name. I don't think I was familiar with that before, by the way. Elevate Chiropractic. What does, mm -hmm. that, what does that mean to you? What does the name of your practice mean to you? Well, it's actually funny. Um, it's not technically my name. Um, when I started practice, the practice was called Healing Hands. And I think years ago, that name to me really meant something because I really believed that just by the laying on of my hands onto somebody, that's when the adjustment would begin, that there's this energy transfer, this kind of healing energy that would begin to be absorbed into their nerve system just by me laying my hands on them. Um, and then my husband joined the practice, and to be honest, it's it's not a name that he would have chosen. And I think for a long time, he practiced in healing hands, thinking, well, it's it's her name. It's, it's kind of her practice. And I think all the way along, he would have kind of liked to have changed the name of the practice. Um, we got to a point, actually, we uh, we took on a partner just last March. And so because Dean practiced literally two doors down the road from us and, and they each had these very congruent practices. It, it just made a lot of sense for, for overhead and cost sharing for Dean to move into 
our practice and we didn't want it to seem like, well, you're moving into our practice. We wanted really a fresh start. And so that's when we started throwing around brand new names so that he didn't have his old office name. We didn't have our old office name. We had something that was fresh. And I think Elevate just resonated with all of us. Elevate is, it's what we do. We elevate people to a different level on every level, you know, Physically, their health is going to be elevated, but I think spiritually and emotionally, they experience an uplifting as soon as they walk through the doors of the office, as soon as we lay our hands on people and we want them to have that sense that their, their whole life is going to be elevated to a different level when they choose care in our office. Mm, I love that. <laughs> We have a lot of moms listening to this show who do practice with their husbands. And generally, they have been in practice for a couple of years. Um, maybe there's a few that I can think of that have been in practice for a bit longer together. If there was a piece of advice that you'd want to give to a mom listening today who practices with her husband, um, but they haven't been doing it quite as long as you have, what would you want to say to her? I would say don't get divorced too quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, when Craig and I merged our practices together, it was a good thing that I was pregnant because it kind of, it gave me an excuse to leave. I think we kind of went to war when we started practicing together. You know, you take, you take two drivers, two captains of their own ships, and then you put them together in practice we, uh, we both had our own way of doing things, and Craig's leadership style is very, very different than mine. Um, and so we, we knocked heads all the time. I mean, it was really, it was not very much fun. So it was actually kind of a relief when it was time to have Jenna, and I could just say, okay, I'm, I'm about to birth a baby, so you take over for a while. And I told all my patients I'd be back in three months. I didn't come back for a year. And part of it was our life just got so much easier when I stayed home. Um, our marriage <laughs> got better. Uh, I think it was easier for Craig because he was so new in that practice. It gave him time to kind of acclimate to the environment of the practice as well. Um, and so when I came back into practice, <clears throat> did, I found it very, very difficult to figure out what my strengths were versus what his strengths were and kind of play to those strengths. And we really struggled for a long time. And again, thank God I got pregnant again and I had another excuse to leave for a year. Um, And when I came back into practice, I did not actually come back into our practice. I became an associate for a colleague of ours, a friend of ours from school, actually, Dr. Ryan French, who operates an amazing practice in Bolton, Ontario. And I became his associate because I didn't actually feel like our marriage could support me coming back into practice. And it took me about probably a year and a half at Ryan's to kind of go, okay, I I think for me, I actually had to learn to be the underling for a little while. Um, I'm not sure. I don't mean to sound June Cleaver-ish or anything like that, but I had to learn a little bit how to submit Mm -hmm. to somebody else and... Um, it, it actually really helped when I came back into our own practice. So that mainly was a financial decision. I was tired of cutting checks to somebody else that really I could have been cutting to myself because, you know, we had our own building and all that stuff. Um, so it made sense for me to rejoin our practice at that point. 
And I think that's when Craig and I really did the work on figuring out how do we really make this work between the two of us? And we had to really give each other a lot of grace. We kind of had to decide, well, who, you know, what, what, what do each of us like doing? Because our likes in practice were actually quite different. Um, and our skills were quite different. So we had to learn to play to our strengths. And we had to learn that, uh, you know, if my responsibility was marketing, for example, then Craig had to back off in that department and just let me do that. His department was procedures. He's very strong procedurally and training wise, whereas I tend to be a little more loosey goosey. And so um, if we were training a new chiropractic assistant, for example, unless he asked me specifically to train on a certain point, I had to back off and let him do that. Even if there were times where I thought that's not the way I would do it, or that's not the way I would train it. You got to be able to let go of the reins and give them give them their own leadership areas yes I can relate to that I definitely can relate to that my husband's not a chiropractor we've not practiced together but in other ways <laughs> I can relate to that I'm sure that a lot of moms listening to the show will be able to relate to that as well well you know I, I think it's really important to be honest and and to just say it was not easy for us and it's still not easy for us I mean it has been it's been 16 years of me learning to shut my mouth a lot and part of it is is a trust issue right like do i truly believe that my way is the only right way to do something or do i believe that this purpose can be accomplished by somebody else's way or by somebody else doing something in a way that is congruent with them and i i think that was part of it is you know kind of being able to sit back and say you know what i trust you i don't need to be involved in this um communication is really key. And again, for a long time, we couldn't have business meetings together because we would always end up fighting. It would, it would be like World War II every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. because it was our business meeting. So, and even still, <laughs> I think Craig still kind of cringes when, when I say, okay, when are we meeting this week? Because it's still there. All the same triggers, finances, um, staffing, all those things they are still there and we have to be very careful how we relate to each other in that. And I think kindness just really goes a long way to just remembering to be kind. Yes. <laughs> in more ways than one. For yep. sure. Before we wrap it up, I have one last question for you, which is more about how you've transitioned now from uh, like more of a full-time focus on practice hands-on practice to now starting to explore online business and, and digital marketing and what that looks like. What led you through that experience? That came up fairly organically, really. Uh, we moved out to the middle of nowhere about four years ago and um, the sort of family situation we thought we were going to have with the kids all getting on the bus at the end of the driveway and going to the local school and, you know, the kids being in the local hockey league just up the street, uh, it didn't work out that way. It was actually quite a disaster. And so our lives really blew up about a month or two after we moved out here and it required a significant amount of, of change, uh, primarily in where they go to school. So because the kids go to school uh, at schools that have no transportation for them, 
well, now I'm driving. And because we live out in the middle of nowhere, the drive is not two minutes up the street. It's at least 20 minutes away, like for everything, every activity they go in, it's, we're talking at least 25 minutes away. So, um, we kind of realized that the normal chiropractic hours we always had, which our shifts are seven to 10 in the morning and then three 30 to five 30 in the afternoon that didn't work anymore for our families. We, we couldn't both be gone at that time. And we could, we couldn't even switch it up enough. It didn't make sense for Craig to practice half the week and for me to practice half the week. So we just sort of decided that, uh, you know, we, we always wanted to have one parent at home. And so we decided that I would primarily be the one who would be doing most of that. Um, they go to a small school that requires a lot of parent involvement. So again, we sort of decided that I would be the primary parent in that department and Craig would be the primary parent at the office. And so because I had more time where I wasn't adjusting and just with the way technology and social media have developed in the last three, four years, there's so much more we can do as far as promotion and marketing of the practice that you can do from your phone or from sitting in front of a computer at home, as opposed to spending a weekend at a screening for the home show or, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, and so that required a certain amount of skill that had to be learned. And it just made sense for me to kind of get on that. Craig just does not like being on technology at all. I don't mind it nearly as much as he does. So I started learning that aspect and having some fun with it. And it's just kind of developed this way and it actually works out really, really well. So I handle all of the social media side of our office, um, all of the posting, website, um, lead magnets, funnels, all that kind of stuff, which is actually really time consuming. Most of the content I write with the exception that he writes the weekly blog. But other than that, I've just kind of morphed into this. And then eventually I took over all of the accounting and bookkeeping of the practice too. And that fills a lot of my time. And it also allows me the amount of time that I need to be really intentionally involved in the kids' lives and in their schools. So this is an interesting point because I'm hearing from a lot of moms that they're interested in creating an online following, a, a digital product of some kind, but they're not yet believing that it will be worth their time or efforts. Mm -hmm. um, what would you offer to a mom that's in that position right now? Like she, she has something that she wants to share with more people outside of her four walls, but she's not taking action on it. Well, I would say, first of all, you're getting left behind. You, you can't stop the wave. It's going to happen. So you might as well jump in now because the longer you leave it, the harder it is to do. But there's just too many people who are doing it and doing it well to say it's not worth the time. It is definitely worth the time. There's so much more flexibility in how you can, how you can get content out to people versus, for example, booking a corporate talk at lunch or doing an evening workshop. I mean, who wants to be away from their kids from seven to nine in the evening because you're going out to try and explain chiropractic to people who really are cold martyr come in to see your practice. So, and I, I think that people, um, consumers now, they expect a lot more information. They're much more educated coming into this whole scene than they ever have been before. And we have, we have the opportunity to really show ourselves to be that authentic chiropractor and tell people, this is who I am and this is what I do and collect your tribe and realize not everyone is going to be for you and that's okay. But when you speak to your strengths and you speak to what you really believe, 
you will find the people who will be attracted to you. And when they do come into your office, they're going to be pre-qualified, which means they're going to be much more likely to convert into uh, new patients and raving fans. Yes. I made a house call to a mom and a baby this morning. The mom found me through a Facebook group for baby wearing in our community. I wasn't in the group advertising myself in any way. She just saw that I had doctor in front of my name, clicked on my profile, and then sent me a message and said, hey, I see that you're a chiropractor. I think I might need chiropractic care for my baby. That's and awesome. I was like, cool. I might be able to help you with that, or we can find someone in your area. She's 40 minutes away from where I live, but close to where I'll be moving to next year. Long story short, I was at her house this morning treating her, treating her baby, because she found me through Facebook. But if I wasn't already being intentional about those relationships and, and um, being a part of a community, then um, that wouldn't have happened. That's an awesome story. Man, don't you wish every new patient could find you that way? Yeah. And it was a totally awesome exchange between her and I and her kiddos and I, because she felt like she already knew me. And I felt like I already mm -hmm. knew her from being able to, to have that dialogue that started before I went to her home or before she may have walked into my office. And that's the real benefit of social media. I mean, I, I did not want to be in the social media sphere. I really didn't. I, I waited as long as I possibly could. And, you know, having a teenager, um, it kind of forces you to make that choice because if you want to know what your kids are up to, you, you've got to end up somehow on social media. Yeah. But, um, that's one thing, it's a real strength for you, Danielle, is the amount of content that you put out and the authenticity that's behind the content. I felt like I knew you even before you and I ever chatted for the first time. And that's the real benefit of social media is when people can see your face and they can see your words or they can hear your voice in video especially, people come into the relationship already feeling like they know, like, and trust you. And that that's the first step to creating a consumer in your office. They have to know, like, and trust you if they are going to spend money on healthcare in your office. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. Okay. Dr. Shauna, if there's a mom listening to the show today who is feeling massively overwhelmed with life and practice and all that means to her, what would you want to be able to say to her right now? Well, the first thing I would say is you're not alone. I really think every single one of us goes through that on an ongoing basis. Um, you know, my kids aren't babies anymore. I've got a 17-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old. And there's times just with parenting, I still feel overwhelmed and completely unprepared for all this. So I think first just knowing you're not alone and what you feel, everybody feels at some point in time. And it's really important to kind of reach out. And the other thing I, I think... We get overwhelmed when we look at this great big picture of all the things that we need to do, and we forget that the only way to eat an elephant is to cut it up into bite-sized portions. You know, you just look at one thing. What's one thing that I can do today that will make me feel at the end of the day like it's been a good day, and then do it. And if you're having trouble doing it, if... Um, you know, if you know you need to take a step towards something, but you're afraid to do it, or you just can't figure out how to do it, just reach out. Just put something out in a Facebook group and say, hey, does anybody know how to, or can anybody hold me accountable? I've got to do this. 
for me, that, that's been a big thing, just telling people, this is what I want to do. I don't know how to do it, but I got to do it. Can somebody <laughs> let's kind of hold my hand through it? There's always somebody who's willing to help. Yep. Awesome. It is all doable. And uh, I was actually just recording a podcast interview right before I, I hopped on with Dr. Danielle. Um, and she has been in the healthcare industry for 35 years. She's 57. She's got four mostly grown children in their 20s. And after the interview finished and we were just kind of chatting on Skype after, we were talking about the fact that the clients, the patients, they will always be there. The time that you have with your kids will not. It truly goes by so quickly. I remember people telling me, oh, the days are long, but the years are short. When your kids are small, you don't really get it and you, you kind of feel like you've got to have that quick leap to the top. Yeah. I promise you, you've got the rest of your life to get to the top. And as long as you keep just plugging away one small step at a time, you will get there. But don't ever, ever not put your family first because you only have a short amount of time where they are yours to kind of nestle under your wing in your home. And when, once the time's done, it's done. They will never be in your home as your child the way they were the first, say, 18 years. So don't get overwhelmed. Focus on what's really important. Make small steps to move forward. Ask for help wherever you possibly can. Don't forget that you're not alone. There are lots of us going through it. And you've got the rest of your life to build a successful practice. Focus on your kids while they're little. Thank you. I needed to hear that today. <laughs> hear that. <laughs> At least one other mom listening needed to hear that today as well. So thank you. You're welcome. Hey, if you are loving the Align Women podcast, be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. When you do, you'll be one of the first to receive the free upcoming guide, Marketing 101 from Moms and Chiropractic, to help you get clear and focused on your marketing efforts for 2017. So head over to alignwomen.com and subscribe today.